You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums. You must hear before you die. episode we'll be talking about keith jarrett the clone concert in the room i have ann and on the line i have rob oh hello ben hello john hey there and jackson good morning the clone concert is a concert recording by the pianist keith jarrett of solo improvisations performed at the opera house in cologne germany on january 24th 1975 it was released on november 30th 1975 Five on the label ECM, and the producer was Manfred Escher, and the genre is jazz. I'm going to read from the book Gerald Sampor. Musical Lightning in a Bottle, the Cologne Concert, is at one of the great jazz albums and one of the greatest pieces of extended musical improvisation of any kind ever recorded. As comfortable playing Mozart, concertos as jazz funk workouts with Miles Davis, Keith Jarrett had already established himself as one of the most versatile and creative pianists of his generation by the time he took the stage at the Cologne Opera House on January 24, 1975. On that auspicious night, he cemented his reputation as one of the all-time greats. The concert was very nearly canceled, however, as Jarrett felt ill and the piano had he had ordered failed to arrive on time. With the top and bottom ends of the, of the substitute piano far from his satisfaction, he built his improvisation from scratch around the piano's middle keys. Unlike many of his contemporaries, Keith Jarrett's spontaneous co- composition and thrilling performance was drenched in lyricism and had an unusually optimistic streak to its sense of adventure. This exuberance can be heard throughout his audible groans, whoops, and sighs as he plays. He's a- excited to hear this music for the first time as the audience was. The Cologne Concert is a monument to musical possibilities, the sublime sound of peerless talent playing his music from the inside out. With more than one million copies sold, the Cologne Concert remains Jared's highest selling album for non-aficionados. It's an opportunity to be seduced by a musical form that might otherwise pass them by. All right, what did we think of Keith Jarrett's The Cologne Concert? It's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Would you say you were seduced by it? (laughs) Are you seduced by the dark side of Keith Jarrett's jazz? Yeah. Mm I, I I wasn't familiar with Keith Jarrett. Yeah, just improvisational, man. That's 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 crazy. Like lightning in the bottle is right. I wonder how. So he, I'm assuming this was like a a tour that he was on, not like a one off in Cologne. And I know that uh, 
he altered the way he was playing because uh, of uh, the piano issues. But I'm wondering, like, musically, lyrically, like, uh, how different this would be from, like, yes, it's improvisational, but do you think he was, like, working similar themes night after night? Or or would it he just sit down and be like, wonder what it's going to sound like tonight? I guess we'll find out. He said that uh, in the interviews I read that he only had an inkling of what he would actually play that night. Now, I... I I was thinking about this today and, you know, improv music, you still rely on your knowledge of music, right? So I feel like it, it probably did have some semblance of what he's improving here, but maybe he just doesn't know which parts are coming at what time and how long they'll go and that yeah. sort of element. For being improv, it just sounds so like fully considered, you know, like, like, when I think of like improv jazz, I'm thinking like, you know, fly off the handle, free bleep blorp stuff. And, <laughs> and, and this, no, this is, I, I like this a lot. This is really nice. Well, and maybe it's a little less bleep blorp because it's just him, which, you know, I thought would be, you know, at, at its worst, a person alone on the piano can be really uh, annoying and boring, especially if that piano, I guess, is like badly tuned and doesn't have the full range and the bass pedal doesn't work and, sustain doesn't work but he he does magic with it it's it's awesome like i i really really liked it i never would have known this was a subpar piano had i not read that yeah 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 and so uh, around like six and a half minutes through part one i can i think i can hear some pedaling and it almost sounds like rhythmic like he does it for a few bars is that the pedal not working or is that him like using the pedal as an instrument or you guys have any insight on like what's what's going on there? I don't have any insight on that. I, I know that he has in the past twenty years annotated, like you're actually like noted out everything that was happening. I haven't looked to see if uh, the broken pedal was part of it. It may have been. This is the thing I'd like to do with my with the pedal <laughs> if it was working and it just was being picked up by the mic. Right. Uh, it'd probably be hard not to play that part if you're used to it right like yeah, just be like sure. oh well it's broken i won't touch it like <laughs> you know yeah you do it anyway right i mean that's when you when you break a string or something you're playing guitar you just you just play the same notes that you would play normally and just leave those out for the most part i feel like you can't you can definitely hear some pedal action going on and i think it's probably just a byproduct of the way it's all mic'd up and the piano being subpar or whatever Mm-hmm. You can also hear him stomp and stuff too at some points, which was really cool. I was and like, the- he like sings along a little bit. Yeah, I love his whoops. Yeah, it's like cool. the most improv feeling part to me. And it, I could see yeah. it going either way, but I just thought it was like kind of charming. <laughs> like, yeah, me too. Has, has anyone seen him play like a, a video or anything of that of him playing? Not that no, I know. I, I've heard that he's a very physical player. Like I've heard that he, you know, in reading up on him, that he you know will stand up or move a lot. So it makes sense that you'd hear like a stomp or something. And he said about his whoops that they're not in relationship to the content that he's playing. It's just that he becomes over sort of overwhelmed by the feeling of, of having something run through him like that. Also, he's a juggalo. Yeah. Well, (laughs) Oh my gosh. The secret connection. (laughs) Feel the family. You got a whoop (laughs) twice. Uh, Yeah. I was wondering if anybody else had, uh, at first, it kind of distracted me because I because I could hear him kind of whooping and and vocalizing certain things, and I didn't 
I thought maybe it was an audience, you know, pickup or something. And I was like, oh, right, that's him getting into it. And at first I was a little I didn't know how I felt about that because it I didn't know how it sort of fit with the piano, with the music. But it, the more I heard it, I thought, oh, it's it's more exciting. It gets me more into his playing because it it, you know, I can't see him while I'm listening to a record. So it, it, it gives totally. me that visual. I thought it was awesome. I don't, I can't imagine. How, how do you just come up with this shit? Like, <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. He was exhausted. From yeah. a, yeah. A he only got what? two bites of dinner, right? He missed his that. dinner. Yeah. Yeah. I get Soon very upset when I miss my dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What two is it about? There's like a whole chain of, of, of maladies that beset yeah. him, right? This two, two, poor 17 year old promoter. <laughs> yeah. The youngest promoter in the country. So like I, I, I about the pianos, like the piano that he had requested was the brand was a Bosendorfer and it, he wanted a, a, a 290 Imperial concert grand. And coincidentally, the rehearsal piano at that theater is also a Bosendorfer. It was just a smaller, uh, like a more of a baby grand. And apparently this kid saw that piano. He's like, oh, cool. The piano has been delivered. Like, it's already here. Yeah. yeah cross that off the list. And no, no, it wasn't the right piano. It was, it was a broken com- piano that was not fit. It was only fit for rehearsals. Is completely what out of tune. They, they had to have like <laughs> someone come in and tune it up before they could go on. Well, it definitely worked. Oh, for I sure. Mean, he's like, I well, don't, while they're tuning on that piano, don't worry. We're going to get you some great dinner. I've got us reservations at this place. I ordered you two bites. <laughs> <laughs> This was also like the was it the first jazz concert that that uh, concert hall had allowed, At the and they made him go on at like yeah. eleven p.m. Yeah, some shit or a regular opera. Yeah, yeah. it was like a late late show. Annie had been on tour from what like Switzerland or something Switzerland, the night before. Yeah. He didn't get much sleep and was wearing a back brace because he slept so poorly and his back was hurting so bad. <laughs> <laughs> he probably Do you think slept it looks like band, a you know? cummerbund? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, I also love how it is sort of like parts of it are almost are like classical music too, mm-hmm. are almost like more like modern composition than they are like jazz from what limited experience I have with jazz, honestly. Yeah, I didn't feel I thought that, that this, was cool. I didn't really feel this as a jazz record at all based on what we had like been subjected to thus far with this book. Um, <laughs> Uh, but apparently I'm wrong. So once again, I like jazz. <laughs> Good job, Birch. Uh, I plan. mean, he comes from the jazz world, like no yeah. question. Yeah. So I, think I think that's, that's more of it. Yeah. He played with Miles Davis. Miles Davis yeah. picked him up because he saw him and even Miles Davis was like, wait, you just make this stuff up? <laughs> like, wh- who are you? Of course, please, awesome. like, b- please be in my band. Cause. Is is his MO, like, primarily improvisational? Like, 
is this album like an anomaly in his catalog or is most of his work improvisational? No, he's had a lot of uh, improv and that's a lot of uh, what he does live is this improv improvisation. He's very serious about it, too. I was kind of surprised to see that he, if audience members are, you know, talk or sneeze or whatever, he'll, he'll you know, stop and he'll like... <laughs> reprimand the audience because he's he takes it very seriously he'll hand out cough lozenges (laughs) i think that's also what What? yeah Yeah. he does (laughs) does he like step down and hand them out or like throw them at your head is it like a parade (laughs) it's like mardi gras but with cough with like halls all right yeah that's why it's so weird that he uh he eventually kind of bowed to everyone's wit like once and like wrote this out like later on um uh just saying that like you know the actual live recording is scripture uh but this is the best that like he could uh come up with with how it should be played right got it does anybody know are there like lots and lots of live recordings of him there's quite a few i, would, I, would, I think so because yeah that, is it because he's so good at it yeah. Well, I just like yes. I wondered if you listen to all of them if there are things he does like I feel like that would answer the question of like how oh, he structures right. it and how like what his yeah. themes are or whatever. But right. This is all I've ever heard, so I have this no is idea. all I've heard either. This is definitely yeah. his biggest, right? Like this is the highest selling piano yes. album of all time or something yes, like so, that. Solo piano album of all time. Yeah. Yes, that is true. I've Which never heard I, of him. Yeah, I've, I've never seen this when I've been uh, crate digging. Have you been? Nope. I, course, I don't, that I don't cover. see that much. Like the jazz that I see when I'm crate digging is like Dixieland shit. Yeah. You know, like. Well, and the cover is kind of innocuous. Like, I don't know if I would notice yeah. it. Yeah, it's true. I re- I recognized it actually because of the label ECM also puts out a lot of contemporary classical music and has mm. since, you know, since the 70s or whatever. He's on the right label. Yeah, exactly. So that like Arvo Pear, um, Terry Riley, Steve Reich, I think a lot of those guys have albums, that performances of them came out on ECM, I think. Cool. Definitely Arvo Pear. So I recognize the cover from knowing that catalog. Nice. Yeah, I had heard that a, a lot of the reason that this was so such a high-selling record is it c- came out at, at the right time and college kids were really into it like they were into Bitches Brew, Kind of Blue, Take Five, Love Supreme. It was one of the, uh, what would you say, stoner albums of the, jazz stoner albums of the college kids. And so it's great. It, it, I totally like, totally get that. You yeah. can put this on at a dinner party. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. A fancy college um, dinner party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was Top Ramen and there was Totino's Party Pizzas. <laughs> Don't forget uh, and a Diet Dr. Pepper, maybe? <laughs> and, and an eighth. <laughs> <laughs> It's not jazz per jazz. Mm-mm. It's it's got a lot of 
I don't know, what would you say the, the style to it is? I mean, it's it's just really good improv, man. Like it I've I've never heard piano played this way before. And it the fact that it is off the cuff is just extraordinary to me. You've never heard piano um, played like this? Like classical pieces or not, jazz pieces or But it's neither. No, but it, this feels like a classical piece, but it is it was an improvisation. That's that's what's blowing my yeah. mind is like yeah. how well put together it is. I've tried to be improvisational in my day and it did not work out well <laughs> and it definitely didn't work out this well. It's not an but easy yeah, thing to do. But it's like bluesy too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, depending on yeah. how he's feeling. Jazz is inherently obviously, but like it's, it's a very cool. Yeah. yeah. Very cool combination. Yeah, I thought it was a it's a it, it makes sense to me why it was hot, very high selling because it incorporates a lot of it. It doesn't go too far into the classical or jazz sphere. It brings in sort of the R&B <laughs> kind of bluesy elements yeah. of popular mm-hmm. music at the time. And so, yeah, it, it makes it really accessible to to have these different uh, movements within it. But I yeah, I cannot believe this is improv if it and i never got bored yeah oh, no. I, I, it no. never never once was i like oh how long is this song almost no. over which never happens with improv <laughs> like right that write-up that you read at the top birch uh uh where it used to describe it was optimistic and uh i like i like that it is optimistic for a guy that missed dinner yeah, it's true. <laughs> this is <an> optimistic improv- <laughs> improvisation. Yeah, I read a quote of what he said when they, he was like, if I have to do this, I'm just going to do it. I don't care what the fuck the piano sounds like. I'm doing it. <laughs> and I did. Yeah. That's I a guess, right attitude. I guess I'll perform a, a timeless <laughs> classic. Yeah. <laughs> Off so the I mean, top of my head. Even, yeah, even though he was only 29 or whatever when he uh, did this. How like, annoying. He... <laughs> he had like, and and even though I hadn't heard any of the other albums or anything like that, we on this uh, podcast or otherwise, he I guess had some some cachet. Like this was a sold out show, right? It was like fourteen hundred people at, at eleven o'clock. A pretty nice in Cologne. ticket price for the time, I think, too. Right? It was like a dollar. I don't know how many Deutschmarks it was. Something. Yeah, I don't know. It seemed. How much of this do you think was due to like Miles Davis name recognition or like, I I really don't know much about his career. Yeah. A ton. He was, I mean, when you, when you play with Miles and Miles Davis is a legend of his own time, you're going to get recognized as being, and when, when Miles Davis talks him up as much as he did. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to go places for sure. Just think about all the people that Jack White (laughs) brought back. In the 2000s, yeah. and we, oh, yeah. we totally went out and checked out everything that he was saying. This is this is great because <laughs> that yeah. uh, that ICP collab was really <laughs> just the cream of the crop there. Absolutely, uh, th- this was his first or his second uh, solo piano outing. Uh, the first one was 1971's "Facing You," um, and so everything else that like it had recorded at that point in time were all quartets, duets, or trios okay. um, going up. But yeah, this is you know for I guess four years on touring around, this is a pretty, uh, oh, that's a, that's a big fucking show. Yeah. It's pretty, yeah. pretty cool. What do we think? What does everybody think? Is everybody on the positive or is somebody? Yeah, kinda... man. I, yeah. I, I loved like it. I'm yeah, definitely going to listen to it more. I feel like I didn't get a chance to listen to it enough because it seems like there's a lot to unlock. So totally. Great. Yeah. I, it's something I would imagine multiple listens will be, you will be re- rewarded by. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All positives. 
Impressive. Good job, Keith Jarn. Yeah. Uh, Good job. Is, is he still touring? Uh, I did see, yeah. I, I don't know if he's still touring, but I did see something that was pretty recently. It was like 2010 and I saw a picture of him uh, doing an improv show. So cool. possible. That's only a decade ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who even knows anymore? What is time? Time no longer <laughs> means anything. It's true. Next time we'll be talking about Aerosmith, Toys in the Attic. All right. Thanks, y'all. Thanks.